This is exactly right. Are you listening to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer? The show has something for everybody, whether you're single and dating, in a relationship, maybe you're currently driving to divorce court. Nicole is wonderful, and she's been single for decades, and she can't figure out why. So on Why Won't You Date Me, she's on a quest to figure out how to be less awful at dating. She interviews comedians and celebrities about their love lives. I mean, I've been on the show, sorry, but I have. Trixie Mattel, Lacey Mosley, Paul F. Tompkins. New episodes release every Friday. Listen to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer wherever you get your podcasts. Perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home. You gotta come to me empty-handed. I said no gifts. Your presence is presence enough, and I already had too much stuff. So how do you dare disobey me? Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. What's going on? There's almost nothing going on. I, well, we're, we're here together. We're building our life together. Unless you're new to the podcast, in which case I've got my eye on you. But otherwise, I hope you're feeling okay. Let's get into the podcast. I want to talk to our guest who I find extremely funny. Everyone loves her. It's Margaret Cho. Margaret. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. Thank you. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing okay. I've got, I've had a, a weird start to the year where it felt like uh, this office that I'm currently in flooded, which the listeners probably so oh. tired of hearing about at this point, but now kind of nothing is going on. So I feel like I need an in-between of things happening in my life. Right. Well, it already started off uh, very difficult this year, and then it's just very strange. But I think we'll get through it. I mean, we'll be okay. Well, I think we'll be okay. How was your 2021? My 2021 was, um, it was interesting because I spent some of it actually on the road. I did a lot of um, movies and shooting out on location from Fire Island to Reykjavik to um, Syracuse um, (laughs) (laughs) and all over the place. And then I was actually able to go out and do stand-up comedy, which is great. But then now um, everything is kind of shut down again. And I was supposed to go on tour uh, in January, but now that's moved to hopefully February. So we'll see. I would love to keep going out again because I had a bit of a taste of normalcy, but then it was dashed. (laughs) I feel like mid-February should be okay. I guess so. I mean, I I think um, I've also just gotten so paranoid about everything too, um, because I was able to avoid COVID, I think, the whole time. And then... um, still avoided it. And now everybody around me has had it. But, um, you know, I just still like, still haven't gotten it. I really don't want to get it. We'll see. 
So what is your day to day like now? Well, I still do work uh, like this week I spent working on the Orville Peck video. Oh, fantastic. Um, He's fantastic. Early adopter with the masks. (laughs) He's been wearing a mask since before everything. So (laughs) that's great. Um, and I worked on, uh, the talk, that TV show. Right. Right. And so it's been a kind of a busy week. I, um, also, uh, changed my cat's litter box outside to a kind, ki- it looks like a Gulf stream. It's so adorable. So it looks like they're in the music video for time after time with <laughs> Cindy Lauper it's so cute because I, I really wanted to get them a nice outdoor litter box because they have a really fabulous catio. And their litter box, when it rains, it gets full of water. And so it's quite frustrating. So I thought, I've got to get some kind of thing that's like a, uh, a litter box that doesn't get water in it. And so I found one that's like a Gulf Stream. So it's like, how big is this litter box? It's about um, maybe 20 by 30 inches. No, but it's all size. it's all contained. Mm-hmm. It's in like a little trailer. So they go in. <laughs> I'll be in my trailer. You know, they're showbiz. They're so showbiz. My cats. They're like, I'll be in my trailer, and they'll go in the little like port uh, window and then do their business and come back out. So then, um, and then there's a door, and then I can clean it. So I'm really excited about it. That's a huge development for you. Yes, yes. Any kind of cat development has been really major. So this is like a very, they're, they're actually like boycotting three of the litter boxes because I had the audacity to put pine litter instead of clay litter. And they don't like the feeling of it under their little delicate paws. So you're, are your cats indoor, outdoor cats? Well, they're indoor, but they have a mid-century outdoor catio that has a wooden tunnel that's, I mean, it's so beautiful. It really looks like this was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. Like it's so beautiful, the catio. It's actually been on like television shows and stuff. What? Because it's such a nice catio that nobody has a catio like this because it's got it's got like the and they have they have a cat casino. So all their dry food, which they can only have out of the casino, is all these like cat food toy puzzles. That's they're all like rigged up. And so they can only get dry food if they play the casino games. And then there's their cat wheel, which is like a hamster wheel, but it's a giant one for cats. Right. And so they can run on that on the side. And then they have their little elliptical climbing machine next to it. So they have a gym, the casino and then their catio. But then uh, when it's a little bit colder out because they're hairless, uh, they, they don't go out as much, except if it's maybe they'll go out to use the Gulf Stream bathroom. Okay, and so back to this cat casino. Is it like, are they playing the slots or is it little like... (laughs) It's like slots. It's like um, roulette. I guess there's like, it's like food on, the dry food gets in wheels. And if they spin the the wheel, then a dry food will come into the slot. So they have to really paw it and spin it um, to get the dry food out. And so they, you know, because I don't like them to free feed. But I do like to have food out for them. So the compromise I made was I'm going to give them um, impetus to exercise, some motivation. So they can play the dry food game and then they get their uh, wet food twice a day with special catered meals. 
that I do for them. So you've just you've transformed them into compulsive gamblers. They're gamblers. They're outdoor uh, uh, catio enthusiasts. Um, they also have a little uh, Japanese izakaya, like a sake bar, and it's oh kind of small. God. So they can only there can only be one of them in there, but sometimes two of them fit in, and then there's a bar fight. <laughs> And did you get them at the same time? Are they like actual siblings or? Two are siblings. One of them, the one of them is deaf and she has a lot of balance issues and she broke her leg and she's had some problems. So she has a, her litter mate, her sister, who basically is her ears for her and her kind of like, um, you know, just her, her helper. And so they're, they're absolutely inseparable. And then I have a boy um, he is a Lycoi, so he's shedding his fur right now. So he's about half furred and he's, um, not from the same litter. He's a little bit younger than they are. Okay. So I don't think I've ever heard of this sort of cat before. They have hair part of the year and then shed it. Yes. So he, uh, looks like a lawn Cheney werewolf. Like he's like a 1960s hammer horror werewolf. <laughs> He's only got like um, hair around the sides of his face. He's like very, uh, he's kind of like, he could have been a character on the old, old, like Adam West Batman. Oh, right, right. That sort of like Technicolor world of (laughs) characters. Um, He's very that. And uh, he's a really, he's a very interesting boy. They call them werewolf cats. It's a very strange, (laughs) rare breed. They're very interesting. Oh, that's fascinating. Yes. Okay, so besides uh, just creating this whole world for your cats, what else are you doing to entertain yourself? Um, I have been eating a lot of bread. I bake a loaf of bread every single day and eat the whole thing. And then I make croutons and um, breadcrumbs out of the rest. But I I think sometimes I do get in over my head with the bread. Um, And then I go for walks with my chihuahua. She's right here. Let's see if she'll say hi. She's a really sweet girl. She's tired because we went out today. We um, definitely have a good time. This is Lucia Caterina. Oh, God bless. <laughs> Just sweet little person. She's a really sweet girl. She's like the best. And then um, so we go out, uh, do some voiceover things and podcasting things. Um, uh, the first of my year started out very strangely because I did... Um, the first thing I did was Bob Saget's podcast. Oh, wow. So that was last Monday. Oh, my God. And so him passing away on Sunday was really a shock. Of course. And, um, you know, I've known him for 30 something years. So it was really a, oh, a horrible just... way to kind of start the year off as losing him. Well, Betty White as well. Right. But um, she was... Uh, also really amazing too. I've known her for a long time, but, uh, Bob was great and he was so happy and so excited to go back out on the road and do comedy. And it's really, it's really tragic. It really is. And I, you know, everybody like from every corner of comedy seems to have loved him. He seems to have just been a very kind person. So it's devastating to hear this. So beloved. So, um, warm and just somebody that loved comedy mm-hmm. so that was what was so great about him is that he was a big fan of comedy because you know how comics are like they just like hate comedy of course oh, yes i'm very familiar <laughs> personally familiar 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, you know, they just are so against comedians and they hate comedy or they hate like comedy as an art for you know and i can understand that point of view like if you've been around comedy i i i know the feeling of like hating other comics but bob was really he loved the art form of it oh. and he loved other comics and he loved all forms of comedy and um he really was just such a great guy and and so everybody's really feeling the loss i think very very poignantly right yeah, it's really such sad. a shame. Yeah. Such a devastating loss. Yeah. Um, well, I I am interested in hearing a little more about your bread baking. Your mm. baking is this a pandemic thing or have you been baking I, bread yes. all for Yes. Uh it uh, all of my cooking is pandemic based, but I realized that it's a true art form that I really got into. Like I just love it so much. I have a special bread cloche a terracotta <laughs> bread cloche. I had my own starter, but my starter kind of got away from me. I started the, um, I had like a regular starter right. that I did with like rye flour. Um, and then I had a super starter that was the Nancy Silverton starter that I did with grapes. And um, I built, uh, blended them together after a while. And I made this Franken starter that made the bread so sour and rose so fast. Like it was just so vigorous, the yeast that I just was like, I didn't want to use it. And then I put it away and then it would just kind of like grow and ferment inside of the jar. And it just got to the point where it was just so vigorous. I didn't trust it. Right. And I was like, this is like bigger than me. This has become <laughs> something that I have to release control relinquish control of i can't harness this yeast became anymore. a threat it became a threat to me and then i was like <laughs> should i dehydrate the yeast and then for, and i was like you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that I, I so i'd fostered the yeast for like two years and i realized i had to just let it go because it was just beyond my uh understanding of bread baking and um so now i just use commercial yeast okay um which is great i mean i know what i'm getting every time mm -hmm. right but the wild yeast you know being the sourdough started it, that it does impart a better flavor but i think it's just so you have to stay consistent with it i i just i couldn't be bothered but i do love baking but when you say let it go does that mean just dump it in the trash i dumped you... it in the trash i put it in the <laughs> i i it, it 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 was in the garbage disposal it was actually kind of an awful and because i i really had <laughs> I named it. I put them together and named it. It was like a super starter and I really used it very well for a while. But then, you know, I just, and then some people keep their starters for like hundreds of years. Right. Of course. You know, but I just, I didn't have, I didn't have the capacity to do it. The so I'm like, you know, bandwidth. deadbeat dad <laughs> of the star. I'm like, I didn't pay yeast support. <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, keep on, I didn't, I didn't, you know, and they say, well, you should do something with the discard and that, you know, we should make pancakes with the discard, mm -hmm. make scallion pancakes with it, make discard cookies. And I just didn't want to, I really refused. And then I felt like I was wasting a lot of flour right. every day because you have to feed it. To make all of that, off. those discard baking products that you're essentially launching a business at that point. That's yeah. Just I just was like. I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to do it. And, um, 
You know, I don't care how convincing you are about the recipes that you can make with your discard. To me, it's like, it's just like a waste. So right. I realized that somebody else is going to have to do the sourdough starting. Not, not I. <laughs> not I. I would have preferred to hear that you had released it into the woods or something, but what are you going to do? I was thinking about using it like on my plants, but then I, you know... I'm like, so I don't think that I don't think my plants are like, it. I mean, I don't plants? know. Plants? What does that? How? Well, if you like put the discard in water and then you pour that onto your plants, that's like a good thing to do. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, but I, I just wouldn't. I, it just good. seems like at some point you've got to create some boundaries for yourself. I really had to create some yeast boundaries <laughs> and just start using commercial yeast, which is fine. I think that's, you know? there's no shame in that. It's delicious, and uh, so and it still makes a tasty bread. And I don't have it doesn't have to be very sour, and it's totally fine. So I'm very I'm very happy. And are you making sandwiches with the bread? Or are you just eating yes. the bread as sliced? Both. I uh, would. Uh, what I w- was doing was just sl- uh, breaking open the loaf like a wild animal and then eating it with just like nothing. And then I had like butter on it. And then I was doing um, butter and Vegemite, which I actually really find delicious, sometimes Marmite. And then um, I started doing this thing where I would do uh, uh, sandwiches with brie and um, like a apricot or raspberry jam. And then um, a balsamic reduction oh that sounds lovely so it was very sour but sweet but unctuous so that's kind of the the vein i'm going in i might go in a ham direction at some point with that but i basically can find a sandwich and stick with it for several months yeah i'm very good (laughs) at just eating the same thing until it begins to make me feel sick when i'm eating it just to the point of nausea it's like this flavor no longer works for, for me Yes, but I like to do like I like to eat the same thing over and over. And I think that would always bother people that I used to uh, live with. But now that I live <laughs> alone with these cats and this dog, they're not going to get any bread or discard anything. They get their food. And I wish I had a food that just had my picture on it. You know, that I could <laughs> That's just a great, have a giant bag with your face on it. Like a Royal Canaan Margaret. You know, adult dog, like adult comedian, (laughs) bagged food, die cut food. I would be so better off if I could just carry my food in like a dry, like a dry version or something that I could reconstitute (laughs) with water. I would be so happy. It would cut down on having to make any decisions. You just buy several bags or cans of it and then you, you just pour it into your bowl and eat it off the floor in the morning. Right. And I, I think it's just uh, it, it, it's just it just cuts down on the clutter of my life. If I just have something like I don't have to make a decision. My food is always going to be the same. So I don't have to worry about anything else sort of cluttering that sustenance. Right. I can just have the food in that bag. So that's why the baking the bread, it's kind of a ritualized thing where I can just have the bread and then, you know, I don't need anything else. Yeah, I allow one meal a day to be one that requires a decision. Dinner is the one meal where I get to decide on it. The rest of breakfast and lunch are basically the same thing every single day. Mm. What do you have for breakfast and lunch? 
For breakfast, I'll have a protein bar. Mm-hmm. For lunch, a protein shake, which has recently, I think I've crossed the threshold into like, I'm gagging. I'm like, this no longer tastes <laughs> even remotely pleasant to me anymore. This is disgusting. Do you make it? with? I make like, it. You Like a smoothie? Yeah, I'm putting like the powder. I put in a banana, mm-hmm. uh, some cinnamon, some cocoa powder, yeah. ice. I think that's about it. I've started putting in blueberries, but... It, I think maybe it's because it's cold outside. The idea of drinking a cold shake where the flavor is not that pleasant. It's just an awful experience. But I love that it's like the sustenance that you know what it is. You know what it's going to be. You know what's in it. You can count on it. You can count on it. And then then you're good for like however long. So I, I love a shake too. I have a juicer. Oh. So I'll do that with um, juice. And that's like... But that you have to be careful because I'll do weird juice. Sometimes it's too green. Like I'll do too much. I'll, I'll think I want all green juices <laughs> and then it's just awful. I get tempted when I'm putting in spinach or kale into things. I think this I can go a little bit further this time. The flavor will be disguised and then I ruin the entire meal. Then it's just so um, it's so green and granular and it's mm-hmm. just you know, I feel so uh, like I can't choke it down and it's just awful. <laughs> now, it's citrus season, isn't it? It is citrus season. Are you enjoying any citruses? I, uh, I had a nice orange today and it was lovely. I love a raspberry orange. Have you had those? It's like a blood I, orange. This is brand new to me and I'm, my heart is pounding. It's very sour. They're easy to peel. And uh, although I do get very squeamish when I have an orange and I have to peel it, I will wear a glove. Why? Because I don't want to get pith under my nails. It's very upsetting. I was going to say the smell is wonderful, but the The smell is wonderful. But then I get um, sort of the pith and zest under my nails and in my cuticles. And then I can't do anything. (laughs) Shut down for weeks. (laughs) It's so unbearable. So I have actually, but I don't want to waste gloves because I think they're they're kind of like not, I don't want to, you know, have a bunch of plastic in the garbage. So I have one orange glove. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a reusable rubber glove you're using? My orange glove that I have in my orange bowl that only has oranges because I don't refrigerate them either. (laughs) Oh, no. I, I like a nice room temperature orange. Yeah. So, and it's like one of those things where you can actually leave it out. Like most citrus, you can actually just leave it out. Mm-hmm. if you, As long as you use it like within a reasonable time. Right. So, um, but yeah, I definitely have to uh, recommend the raspberry yeah, orange. Yeah, I'm glad you're bringing it back because I thought we were just going to speed past it. What is the difference between that and a blood orange? It's pretty much a lighter. Um, it's not as dark red. Right. It's got a little bit of a sweeter, a little lighter quality. Um, they're, I think it's like, I, I don't know. It's one of those modern kinds of weird hybrids, like a cotton candy grape. It's right. like a strange, like hybrid fruit that is um, kind of a newish varietal, but really quite popular and really delicious and very in season right now. So they're on sale everywhere. Oh, I've got to track those down. Are you one of these people that knows every type of apple variety? Well, not every type, but I do have my favorites. I do like, 
<laughs> a honey crisp apple. I think there is nothing better because the cell walls are made to hold more water. Oh, that's why they're so juicy when you bite into them. And they, they're, there's something about the cell walls that are bred in that the way that they do it. I'm not sure what, how they spliced these genes, these apple genes together, but they, they did it. So it's just the cell. You know what's the worst is biting into a mealy apple. Awful. A gas station apple. A gas station red delicious. Just pure hell. It's the worst. And why you just does that are, even exist? It's like, why? But uh, Honeycrisp, it, it stays pretty pristine um, for quite a long time, too. So you have a good apple, a good eating apple for uh, quite, you know, for your money. It's, it's a right. good bang for your buck. I don't know that I've ever had a Honeycrisp and people rave and rave and rave. But I it's think it's because it. I like a green apple. So I've never. I love a green apple. I love a Granny Smith, mm-hmm. a hard Classic. Granny Smith you know, like a apple you would want to bake into a pie. That's a wonderful apple. A delicious apple. Mm-hmm. Gives you the feeling of walking through an orchard and, you know, finding your delicious apple. And the Granny Smith apple is very 70s. Oh, completely. A, to me, it's got a real classic vibe. It's very classic. It's very 70s. It's like, you know, you want to eat that with like a big piece of white cheddar cheese. Oh, that sounds phenomenal. Walking in mirror woods. <laughs> With an older gentleman that you have a little bit of a questionable relationship with. You know, it's like kind of like, like, you know, it's a, it's a little bit inappropriate 70s moment. You're all wearing a denim shirt, um, but not jeans, like, uh, like either leather pants, not in like a Jim Morrison or like a goth way, but like a leather, like a brown leather. Right. Kind of a, a person of the woods leather. Yeah. Man of the woods. a like a, a Walden pond. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Now that we're talking about this, one apple I never want to see again is a golden apple. Oh, yeah, it's not good. No, that I don't know that anyone enjoys that apple. It's just it's the mealy version of uh, a green apple. It's like a yellow. Like, it's not good. Right. It it's just think, not think good. Of school lunch or something. It's a horrible school lunch apple. It's a horrible uh, government issue apple that nobody <laughs> wants. No, I just think those apples are are fine for baking, like pie. They're good for juicing. Oh, sure. Um, those get, apples are good for applesauce, you know, or for Halloween. Um, <laughs> you know, hiding a, ro- a razor blade. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> For endangering the neighborhood children. I always like was questioning, like, what did that actually, did that actually happen? Did somebody actually put razor blades in apples? I mean, you could see them. I uh, recently learned that was a myth. Mm. Or at least like maybe it happened once and it got blown up into this thing that was like, everything has a razor blade in it. Yes. Or drugs. Like, no, they're not going to put drugs in the candy they want their valuable drugs they're so valuable why would you give them to children no way (laughs) take one please Mm -hmm. uh no i think uh i mean the thing i appreciate about the razor blade myth is at least as a kid it provided this extra sense of fear and danger like a little excitement when you were trick-or-treating there's always the danger Mm. that your neighbor was going to kill you frison yes frison I, i was listening to uh Andre Leon Talley's book, and he says, 
frison. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yes, that's it. That's the word that is, it is frison for ha- uh, Halloween, is that the little bit of danger that you need to make it so exciting. Exactly. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, I could go on and on about apples, as I've demonstrated in various fruits. Um, We don't have time for that. I need to get into something with you. Now, you agreed to be on this podcast in the last month or so. It's impossible to say at this point when anything has happened. But uh, I was really excited. I thought, Margaret is outstanding. She's so funny. We're going to have a great time. Everything will be pleasant. No feelings will be hurt. And we'll move on with our lives. And uh, today I was, you know, tooling around the house. I was finishing up some work and, uh, I got a, an email from my producer, Annalise. Um, the podcast is called, I said no gifts. And so I was a little surprised when, and bless Annalise, they really do try to protect my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this situation, I, I get this email that says, do not open until recording. Margaret chose <laughs> gift yes and so i um you know i kind of just collapsed on the floor and just laid there for a while and tried to gather my energy back and just straighten myself out emotionally and said you know i'm just gonna get on the podcast i'm gonna confront margaret Mm -hmm. margaret i I don't even have to ask you've obviously sent me a gift do you want me to open it here on the podcast is this some little what is this? An attention grab? I, I don't. I don't know what I'm. We're doing. Well, here. I've I've sent you um, an NFT. Oh, you're kidding! And it's um, it's actually not really an NFT. It is, but it's my version of an NFT. And that <laughs> non fungible token, uh, people are buying them for millions of dollars. Basically, what it is is that you you can't really send them because you can't really. Uh, you know, the, the whole idea that the internet is public space yes. and an NFT is really saying, no, it's actually not. You can't actually own part of the internet. So I was trying to make you an NFT for real through these like blockchain sites. And then I just got really confused and I thought, <laughs> well, if I just make an NFT and draw it and then send it, uh, then it, there's still some copying, so it's still it's not exactly a traditional NFT. But if you promise not to send it to anybody, and I don't send it to anybody, then we're the only ones that have it. So we've made a little, with slight, slightly fungible token. Well, I want to open it up and see okay. what this NFT looks like. Okay. Here we go. We're down. Oh, I love this. Now Tell me I what this it. picture is of. It's uh, of a uh, it's of my alter ego, um, Lottie, and I drew it. It's a um, it's a bit of a painting, but I painted it with um, old makeup that what? is expired, and I'm using as paint in tribute to uh, Jerome Kaja, who is a very talented makeup artist who um, was around in the '80s in San Francisco, and he um, 
did a lot of great work with expired nail polish and expired wow. makeup. So it's my alter ego uh, that I, Lottie, who is a witch. Um, she is a crafty witch. And uh, like in the craft, I think that there should be the craft. And then the craft is basically, they get their power mostly because they're teen witches. Sort of like when you have puberty, you're in a lot of like power. Like, you know how they say that there's like people who are in puberty cause um, poltergeists. Oh, is that true? That's a very big thing. So I think that if you're in puberty and you cause poltergeists, you must be in really... uh, good spiritual crazy shape if you're in menopause so lottie's in menopause <laughs> so she's that kind of a witch and so that's a portrait of her with my, my expired makeup yeah for the listener it's uh essentially uh, a woman in a kind of what color would you say a pinkish uh, yeah, yeah pinkish it's, it's like a expired lipstick um it's like a house dress yeah with a so kind of a frizzy crazy hair and a nice red lip yes which uh, was probably nail polish or something. And then some stockings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says Lottie at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, it's Lottie. So this is now, I mean, as far as you or I are concerned, this is an NFT. Yeah, because if we just agree to make this an NFT, then it's an NFT. I mean, of course, I could do it with the blockchain, but it's just, it's easier to do it this way. So we just do it this way. Tell me about the process you tried to go through to because I don't, I don't know anything about any of this, and it's so baffling. It's so baffling. So, and you couldn't even buy it. Like, if I made it, you can make it for free, but then somebody has to buy it, and then you can't even buy it with money. You have to buy it with Bitcoin, which is like so confusing to me. I don't understand cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. I don't understand any of this stuff. It's so confusing. So I just thought, why don't I just simplify it and just say what it is? <laughs> <laughs> like who cares? It's great. But um I think this is like I think it's supposed to be like the idea that the internet doesn't have to be an open area. It can actually be closed off is sort of an interesting idea and I, I like that idea of it. Right. And so I mean and it all is kind of um imaginary. I yeah. mean you're kind of just value is being placed on things randomly. And I feel right. like I'm I mean just to get ahead of this, I'm going to say that this piece is worth about $14 million. That's right. And now it is. Mm-hmm. This NFT is a $14 million piece. I feel like I'm setting my email up to be, to, for some sort of heist situation, some sort of electronic heist where the <laughs> NFT is stolen. Right. Right. But uh, I mean, I guess that's the, that's the danger of owning art. Well, it is a danger. I mean, and also it's like the the odd thing about art is like, why is art valuable? I guess we put value on things because the artist is famous or because it's it's got sentimental value to us or something. But, you know, NFT, I guess. I, I guess you can just put value on it because we say that there's value. But I still don't understand. That's why I just, some things are hard for me to get like that. The idea of things having value just because it's a societal agreement that it has value. Right. I mean, even to the point of money. I mean, it's all just kind of imaginary. Right. But NFTs is just such a clear new thing that somebody just decided this is going to be a thing that's valuable despite 
not really providing any sort of service or anything and also being easily copied. Right. But that that's why they have blockchain technology, so you can't copy it. But what does that you mean? Can, I don't know. I can, but you can I, only pay for it through cryptocurrency, which is, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm like, what is all, it's all these imaginary things to create imaginary things. And I don't understand, but it, it's going to take a long time to upload. That's all I know. It's <laughs> well, buffering. So now, what I'm questioning is, is I'm going to want to show this picture to viewers on Instagram, but I don't want it. I don't want the NFT to lose the $14 million valuation. But I think you can do it because, um, like, do you remember there was that artist who was doing photos on Instagram and then putting them in a gallery? No. And there were photos that he didn't take, but he had posted them to his Instagram, which made them his property. (laughs) So when you post things that are copyrighted to somebody else and then you... Uh, post them through your social media, then it becomes your intellectual property or something like that. Like he won some crazy lawsuit to allow him to use images that he did not actually photograph um, in an art exhibit because it was like once art once removed. So it was like the viewer once removed. So it was this whole thing. Like it's like Jeff Koons, you know, the guy that had like all of the sort of um, his big claim to fame with all of these crazy, like, ceramic sculptures of Michael Jackson. Or like the balloon dogs or, or whatever. The ba- yeah, balloon dogs. They were giant balloon animals. And he didn't create any of the work. He actually had it made for him by oh, I didn't artisans. Know that. Yeah, they're just people like a factory somewhere that made all of that. He wasn't the actual sculptor. Or taking all of that bone china and putting it together. None of that. He's not a ceramicist. He's not uh, handy in that way. But he just laid claim to the work saying that it was his. So, you know, um, it's like Damien Hirst who created, I guess the, probably his most famous work is the uh, kind of emoji art um, album cover for Drake. With all oh, of right, these right. like yes. emoji women. Is that, you know, that that's like to me... Well, you're basically taking uh, sort of the style and reworking it, but it's not a style that originated from him. Right. It's kind of just a repurposed. It's a repurposed idea. I mean, I actually do think Damien Hirst is an interesting artist. Like he would do uh, like big, very controversial shows where he would show like a cow sewed in half. Oh, and like basketball sawed in half and like a shark sawed in half and then <laughs> like sitting in formaldehyde and that would be the show. And right. um, to me, that it's an affront to my senses. Also, you didn't create that shark. You didn't create that cow. You now, didn't was even he doing the sawing? I don't think so. I think this is all sort of like outsourced somewhere else. <laughs> he found someone to saw them for him. But the idea is his. So I guess that's his art. I don't know. I have a... um picture uh, i have a damien hurst actually that's actually a photograph of him with a decapitated head from um some kind of a an accident some sort of oh I, I think it was an God. auto accident and it's really gory and really crazy and it's like a very i don't know why i have this it's a very strange <laughs> i'm not sure why <laughs> do you have it hanging in your house yes it's hanging <laughs> well it's on a it's on a picture rail it's not really hanging. <laughs> 
but it's there. <laughs> and I'm like, why do I have this? But it has value and I have it. And, uh, you know, I don't really know. Um, so th there's like certain artists that you're like, I guess there's an emotional charge attached to it and, and a monetary value to the name. Right. So those are what gives value to it. And I guess any sort of art that is arresting to the spirit, I guess, is is worthwhile. It's valuable in that way. Mm -hmm. That's where it creates its value. Yes. Now, do you, do you feel like you're going to get sucked into buying an NFT at some point? Or are you swearing I, it off? Well, I just don't know how to figure out cryptocurrency either. Like right. that... <laughs> Somebody actually tried to pay me for a show in like Bitcoin and I, I should have taken it because I probably would be worth more now, but I, I just didn't understand it. Um, and so I couldn't get my mind around any of the sort of like, well, how do I, how do I take it? So yes, I'll take it. And then where do I put it? You know, you no can't, idea. you, you lose must, it in your inbox. Yeah. It's in there somewhere, but it's like, how do they? know how how you would store something like that i don't know how you would pay for things with it i don't know so the producer of a comedy show was trying to pay you bitcoin or was it like a yes a, a, wow I, well I it, was, was like a, it was a tech company show of course so they were like offering bitcoin for it and so i but i just i didn't understand the process so i didn't go for it i think that that's completely fair yeah it seems to that the value of that seems to be all over the place well i I have a problem with like decluttering, which is uh, I declutter the wrong things. And so maybe it would be good to uh, like give me something that I can't really throw away like Bitcoin, I guess, because I threw away um, boxed Mac Apple items from 1993 oh, that I, I had this. been given in lieu of payment. I did a commercial from Apple when they didn't have any money. These tech companies are paying so, <laughs> you in the strangest ways. So they gave me boxes of special cameras and laptops that they had never actually produced. And I had them in their boxes stacked up and I just threw them out. Oh, Because I didn't think that they would be of any value. When did you and throw I, them away? I think I threw them away in like 2002. Oh, and, I, you know, people are like, wait, what? And I didn't even know what they were, but they were just things in their boxes that Apple had produced that never actually get, went anywhere. So, you know, just weird, like CD-ROM kind of thing, like weird, like old tech. Um, I also threw away a bunch of Beatles sheets that had like the names of the Beatles and then the, the, the hotel they stayed in and like little pieces of their sheets. I got those back what? after I Did threw you go them to the out. landfill. I don't know how I got them back, but they're in my bathroom now. Those are really nice. <laughs> you need just an assistant to value your things before you throw them away. This is the theme of this entire mm. episode is you throwing away things. I threw away things. It's all throwing away. Well, it's like a, I, I also had um, a big thing of throwing away a lot of my clothes. Not throwing them away. I gave them away. Um, I was decluttering all of my closets and I gave everything to the thrift store, but I realized that I had put in a box of sex toys, like a bunch <laughs> of vibrators with no charger, like sad sex toys that never will be used. And I just put them in the box and I put them all and they all went to the thrift store. And then I was so in a pickle, like, should I go back? No, no, no. Oh, certainly not. You know, I apologize. Like, I didn't mean to give them all of these. I guess they're <laughs> used to it. 
I don't I know. I bet that happens pretty frequently, right? Yeah, people put sort of things that, you know, to declutter and they... Right, accidentally knows? send a drawer of dildos or whatever. Something. But oh, wow. Yeah. But good for you for decluttering. I'm I'm having a very difficult time doing that. I have a really hard time time doing that with clothing, with yeah. shoes. I mean, some of my shoes barely qualify even as sandals at this point, but I'm holding <laughs> on to them. Uh, it's a hard thing to do to get rid of things. Yeah, it is. It's hard, but I also um, have so many things that I need to stop. And this is why I hate gifts too, because I I have a ch- I, I have like. A feeling like I have to keep them. Of course. Because people gave them to me. Mm-hmm. And if I care and like the person, which I always do, then I want to keep them. And then I'm stacked full of stuff that I don't want around here. Yeah. A thing in the last couple of years that I've, a skill I've developed it, at the very least is throwing away uh, like birthday cards and this kind of thing. If, unless mm-hmm. they have like a long message in them, it's going mm-hmm. directly into the garbage. You're yeah, not you're not going to fill to up a that. box in my closet with birthday cards or whatever. Yes. I mean it's it's very um it it it's it's hard though. Like some things like I have that are kind of gross that I should get rid of, but I don't want to. Like I have a box of candies from Anna Nicole Smith. Oh my god. Um that I got from doing her television show. Remember the Anna Nicole Smith of show? Of course, the reality show. The reality show. And I have them stacked up. There's actually three boxes of candies, and the candy's still in there. You should open a museum. I should. I should just get rid of the candy. But I, I, I can't even bear to even open it. Like, it's just too... It's so... Uh, it is very sentimental, especially when the people die. You're like, oh, God, I should... Right. What kind of candies are they? I think they're like a Jordan Almond. <laughs> okay, those are rock hard at this point. I mean, they break teeth if you even try. I, I don't even think anybody should try to eat them. Or maybe they'll stay forever. Who knows? <laughs> what were you doing on her show? I don't know. They, that show was interesting because it was her and China, the wrestler. Right. And Also my friend, died. Also died. Um, my friend, uh, Kathy Griffin. Right. And also uh, Bruce Daniels, my other friend. And um, and it was Anna. And her, I, I think her cousin mm. and her chihuahua, um, sweetie chihuahua, I think her chihuahua sweetie pie, something like that. Okay. Her yeah, I, the only memory I have of her reality show is that she went somewhere in the valley and had a pasta eating contest. Mm. And so it was just like a full episode of her and... A couple other people just eat uh, eating as much pasta as they oh, could. No, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Just a little weird reality TV moment. <laughs> okay, I think we should play a game. Okay. We're going to play a game called Gift or a Curse. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you how we play in a moment, but uh, I need a number between one and ten from you. Seven. Okay, I have to do, I have to find our game pieces and do some calculating with your number. So right now you can promote something, you can recommend something. You have the mic, I'll be right back. Okay. Um, you can watch my movie, which is appearing right now on Hulu, called Sex Appeal, with another, um, I said no gifts, guest, Fortune Feimster, and um, Paris Jackson. And uh, it's a great comedy, Sex Appeal. 
So that's on Hulu now or starting January 14th. Perfect. Yes. No, I'm excited to watch that movie. It's very good. Okay. This is uh, this is how Gift or a Curse works. I'm going to name three things. Okay. And you're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why. And there are, I have to be extremely clear, there are correct answers. So you can lose this game. And right. it's embarrassing. All right. So just be careful. Thank you. Okay. These, uh, and these are all listener suggestions today, which is very exciting. Uh, okay. Number one, gift or a curse. And this is from a listener named Bridget, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, nuts in brownies. I think it's a gift. And why? I think it's just, it adds a kind of crunch. I love a nut in a brownie. I think it's really good. I like nuts and chocolate as a uh, rule. I don't like nuts in bread, but I do love a nut in a brownie. Margaret, you you got it right. Okay. Of course. I, I mean, look, they're a gift. <laughs> of course they're a gift. I don't understand. There are people who don't like nuts, and I just, I can't even... It's one of the few things that I can't feel mm. any level of empathy towards because nuts mm. are such a mild flavor. They're nothing they but crunch. And they're a good uh, fat source. Uh, I, I blend nuts into salad dressing. I did that today. It was very good. So, you know, they add a little bit of oomph right. to your uh, salad dressing. Very good. I love a nut in just about anything. So and good. People who don't like them are so vocal about it. There's so, <laughs> so much whining about not wanting the nut in the know. brownie. I mean, uh, of course, if you have an allergy or something, that's a different yeah, case. Yeah, it's different. But that's, you know, but it, it. I think it's really, I think they're very good. Yeah, uh, completely on board with you on this one. You got it right. Congratulations. Okay, this one is from a listener named Ivan. Gift or a curse, brushing your teeth in the shower. Curse. And why? Because, you know, uh, I have an electric toothbrush. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's right. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's dangerous necessarily because they're all the, the toothbrush itself. It's kind of like. It's meant to get wet, so it's actually OK, but I don't know. I think anybody who brushes their teeth in the showers. I don't, I think it's wrong. It's to me, that's quite military. Like it means like you were probably in the armed forces. It seems kind of like a, it's like a wartime journalist activity, you know, like if you, um, are maybe, uh, working for, um, some kind of, I don't know, maybe National Geographic or something like that, or you're working for CNN, something like that, maybe then it's okay. But or in a field hospital, possibly. Mm -hmm. I think it's a curse, though. I don't think brushing your teeth in the shower is good. No, no. You got it. Okay, great. I, I <laughs> that shower should be a place where you essentially are relaxing. I don't need the work. I don't need the work of brushing my teeth. I saved right. that for the sink. Also, the shower. Right. I feel like that's a bacteria nightmare. Right. I don't want to be cleaning my mouth Ugh. in the shower. Like you want to. I just think it's weird. I mean, I think that if you're cleaning your mouth, you should be focused on cleaning your mouth. Also, my toothbrush makes sounds uh, corresponding to where in your mouth you should be at that time. Oh, wow. So it has like a kind of like, 
It also has kind of emojis. So if I didn't brush long enough, it'll give me like a frowny face. Like it's a very like judgmental toothbrush. This is a toothbrush for an 11 year old. Yeah, it's quite a like it tells me how I'm supposed to brush my teeth. I'm, I'm grateful for it, but it's a very, you know, it's a it's a hard talking toothbrush. I would love to have a toothbrush tell me what to do. It's very good. Yeah, I feel like brushing your teeth in the shower, you're not, unless you're a detective or something, like on the case, you don't have time, you yeah, just ate a very... steak and a coffee, and now you got to brush your teeth in the shower. Yeah, it's weird. It's like kind of like using bar soap for shampoo. <laughs> oh, that to me is, you've hit rock bottom. That's awful. And oh, I can't imagine. I Yes, there are people out there that they just use one soap for the entire shower experience and it makes no sense to me i mean unless it's from lush and you have like a special like canister for it right you know that maybe then it's okay i don't know maybe if it's i think also that's also very field hospital foreign correspondent (laughs) wartime photographer kind of behavior yeah it's just the sort of thing that you just have no choice but when you're in the comfort of your home you don't want, you're not washing Mm-mm. your hair with a bar of Irish spring. <laughs> no. Good grief. It's so, it's not good. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, you've got two out of two so far. This is very okay. exciting. So yeah, just be extra careful on this last one. A listener named Katie has suggested a gift or a curse, preparing the coffee pot the night before. So you just have to press the button in the morning. Okay. That's a gift. I think that's great. That's akin to laying out your clothes before, the day before. <laughs> I think that if you wake up in the morning, your coffee is like ready to go. And all you have to do is push that button. Because it reminds what I will do also is I will uh, start my rice the day before. I'll rinse it out and soak it. Oh. If I'm making like sticky rice. And what difference does that make? Well, it just, it, it sticky rice needs to be soaked anyway in okay. order to have that sort of sticky kind of pliable quality yeah so it'll stick together that kind of thing um so to prepare it correctly you should have at least four hours of soaking time but uh, i also just like to really have the rice cooker ready with my even when i'm not making sticky rice when i'm just making regular white rice i like to clean it and get it ready for uh the next day but coffee i think is a great idea so i i would say that's a gift Margaret, you were doing so well, and now you've gotten it wrong. Oh, no. It's a curse. I don't have, <laughs> Look, I have to do it at some point anyway. It's either going to mm-hmm. happen at night or in the morning. The night thing, I'm going to forget about it, and then it's something that I wake up disappointed about. It's just another horrible way to start the day. I, uh, why not just, you know, I can't count on myself at night. I'm getting sleepy. I am forgetting things. I've got other things going on. I don't want to have another a final chore at the end of the day that could (laughs) easily be forgotten and then ruin my, I mean, it creates a cycle that will probably be inescapable. I'm not into Mm. it. Mm -hmm. Curse. It's a curse. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad you see it my way. I do. I agree with you. It's a curse, but I also think it's a gift because I mean, it's really like, do you ever lay your clothes out the day before? Uh, I've never really done that because I feel Mm. like emotionally at night, I'm in a different place. I don't know how yeah. I'm going to feel how about wh- how I'm going to dress the next day. Mm. You know, I want I, in the morning, I want to think about how I'm feeling, what the weather looks like the night right. before. Anything could change. But you lay your clothes out. 
Well, yeah, sometimes I'll put, put together a jaunty outfit and then I'll, I'll be really raring to go. Can't wait to wear that. <laughs> it's like school, new, new, um, like new student at a new school kind of feelings <laughs> that I have, like uh, a new day. Like it's kind of, I don't know, even if it's just me to go outside and check out my Gulfstream litter box that I made for my cats. <laughs> I just, you know, I want to have that, you know, and my cats, you know, so they can sit all on my body. So they have a nice, like different texture to put their butt on. <laughs> I like to have like a different kind of pant. So it's nice. It's good to think about your cat's butt the night before. Yeah. I think that that's very sweet. Well, They're you got sweet. two out of three. All right. You know, you didn't win, but you did fine. I, it was fair. I, w- I did fair. You did fair. You did yeah. absolutely fair. This is the final segment of the podcast. It's called I Said No Emails. People are writing into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. Every one of them has some issue in their life that they need sorting out. They turn to somebody that they trust, me, mm-hmm. my guest, who they may or may not trust, but that's, you know, the thrill of a podcast. Mm-hmm. Will you answer a question with me? I would love that. All right. This says, Bridger, I need your help. I'm. Uh, I'm usually really good at giving thoughtful and meaningful gifts. Valentine's Day is coming up, that's true. And I want to help my daughter pick out something for her dad. Some facts. Number one, her father and I... Okay. Her father and I are recently divorced. Number two, she and I spent hours on a fill-in-the-answers book about, quote, why my dad is so amazing, unquote, as a Christmas gift for him. Number three... He spent hours cheating on me. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're, this, is, this person's telling a story. They're really mm-hmm. letting, just laying it out. Uh, I want to continue helping her and my one-year-old daughter produce thoughtful gifts for their father, but I'm just not sure what to do in this situation. Please help. Thanks. And that's from Christine. So Christine has, you know, there's a real turn here that Christine yes. threw in. Um, once... Uh, a gift for the father from the daughter for Valentine's Day. The father has apparently just very recently cheated. Right. Uh, and apparently the divorce was a snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here recording in January. I, I mean, I, I don't know what the timeline is, and I'm not going to pretend that I do. <laughs> uh, all we know, the only real facts we have are there, there's a family in crisis. And they need a gift. And they need a gift. And it needs to be thoughtful. But uh, the feeling I'm getting from Christine is that she also wants some level of spite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, um, how about some circus peanuts? I really hate that. (laughs) You know, like a candy, but a terrible candy. Like circus peanuts, I think, are just awful. Or um, French peanuts. Have you ever had those? French peanuts? French. I don't know if they're like... Anything from the Brock's line of like <laughs> butterscotch kind of, I do like a Brock's, uh, like I like a cinnamon bear, like the big cinnamon bear. Oh, I bears. love those. And they made some those... like weird licorice at some point that I remember liking. Yeah. But then they have like the butterscotch, which is awful. just awful. And, um, so I would do like that or like, um, maybe a, uh, circus pea, candy corn. If Candy there's some corn. What do you think around? of a cherry cordial? I actually do like a cherry. Oh, cordial. you're kidding! I kind they're, of they're so gross, but I do like it. I think of them as kind of the the Christmas holidays version of the circus peanut, kind of like they this are, candy that's like, why do we still give this it's away? It's a horrible, horrible candy. Also, the violet gum. Oh, 
That's a really awful. It's anything, violet flavored. Yeah, anything like that is like a terrible. Uh, I, I would say something if you could find some kind of awful candy flavor. Do they sell Necco wafers in bulk? <laughs> Those are just awful. Those are. Uh, it's the taste of mother's purse. It's the it, worst candy in the world. Is it antacid? Is it chalk? It's what is absolutely it? chalk. Just have a Tums. It's, I mean, I do like a sweet tart. Do you remember those? Oh, I love a sweet tart, but I like a sour thing. I do like sour. And they're not too chalky. They're, they have like a smoothness. Yeah, it's not like, um, a Necco wafer is just a, you know what's awful? A chocolate Necco oh, wafer. Oh, because oh. You're, you're hoping this will at least have something that I can respond to out of this horrible package. And it's somehow worse than the other flavors. It's like a... I don't know. It's like a Yoo-Hoo, but in <laughs> tablet form. Yes. But Yoo-Hoo's kind of good, actually. But it, I don't mind a Yoo-Hoo. I like a malted chocolate. Yeah. But, but a Necco, Necco. wafer is... But the Necco chocolate wafer is just... I would... Yeah, I would sort of go for that kind of vein of candy where right. it's just... Or if they have like a Bugs in candy. You know how they have like a scorpion in a um, lollipop or... Right, or like ants in a... I don't know, other hard candy. Yeah, although ants have, um, sometimes they have a malt, maltic acid uh, flavor, so they'll have almost like a Sour Patch Kids flavor. Oh, you're kidding. That sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. So ants, um, their internal organs often have like a mouth-watering, lemonhead kind of a flavor. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I need to get yeah. into this. They're kind of good, so... I mean, I think what we're talking about, conversation hearts are awful. Yeah, those are awful. They are kind of like a Necco. They are sort of Necco-like uh, ends. Yeah. Because, you know, they, <laughs> after they've punched out the Necco wafers, I bet they have a lot of ends that they make into those conversations. Why are those conversation hearts somehow the symbol of Valentine's Day? I know. They're the absolute worst candy you could possibly imagine. So those are the, those are the ones that you should get. She should right. get him like a pound. <laughs> Here's 30 pounds of conversation hearts that you have to do yes. away with. That's a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Valentine's really does open itself up to giving away candy. And it, the expectation is hopefully to get a nice box of chocolates or whatever. And mm -hmm. suddenly you just have all of these little, you know, the Necco gruel, as you've <laughs> basically described. Um, so disgusting. So that's right. a good gift. Yeah, that's perfect. Just dump a bag of that on his porch and take off. Yes, perfect. Um, and he can't complain. It's coming from his daughter. Yeah, and, then and he's it's got, candy. He's got something to share with his mistress or whatever exactly. we're doing here. Christine, you've got your answer. And just, I mean, just in time, I hope you're grateful. I hope your ex-husband gets what he gets, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, there's only so much any of us can do at this point. That's right. Margaret, we did a perfect job with that. So good. You did a decent job with the game. and you, Fair. With the gift, you've, I mean, this is what <laughs> an experience this has been. It's my, I mean, it's my first NFT. It's... I'm so glad. Um, increased my portfolio by $14 million. Incredible. And uh, I've just had a lovely time with you. I had such a great time with you. Thank you. Listener, it's time for the podcast to end. Uh, I know that you've been dreading this moment since you began playing it. 
you're sweating, it's increasing, you're panicking, you don't know what to do with the rest of your day. Ah, but that is not my responsibility. It's yours. You have to take some responsibility for your own life, and I hope that you're doing a good job with that. Go on, take care of yourself. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced and engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. You have to see the gifts. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do, considering everything I do for you. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads. But I invited you here Thought I made myself perfectly clear When you're a guest in my home So how do you dare to survive?